you're tuning in to an episode from Adventure Emerge 2021, the number one entrepreneurship conference for students and researchers worldwide. This episode is brought to you by our event sponsors, Edinburgh Innovations and Vonage. Now we have a guy who has successfully built out his startup and now he is the man investing into startups. Three categories that he loves to class himself as. The first being the founder and entrepreneur, uh, and that is because he was the co-founder and CIO of a company called StudyHelp uh, for over five years, nearly six years. And after that successful venture, he became the number two investor. And that is either as an angel invest, uh, investor within Flightman Ventures and as a partner uh, within Richmond View Ventures. And number three, and I particularly love that one, he is a learner and a maker. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the wonderful Maximilian Flightman, who will tell you about how to raise a round in 2021. Thank you for, for all the nice words. Hi, everyone. Really happy to be here today and share some of my lessons on startup fundraising. And I want to talk about how you raise around in 2021. And when I look at the whole startup ecosystem right now, it seems like money is flying around in huge amounts and investors are raising bigger and bigger funds in even shorter intervals. And like, I think it was two weeks ago that Greylock announced that they are raising like their new $500 million seed fund. And that's an insane amount of money that you can invest into startups. And you can read of huge rounds every day on TechCrunch, other publications on the web. And it almost feels like everyone will get funded despite of traction or the idea itself. But I can tell you something. Fundraising is hard. It was, still is, and it also will be in the future. So only one out of 100 startups get an investment into their idea, into their company. And I know it firsthand. Because like it was around yeah seven years ago that I was like raising funds for my company at that time, and it was the first time for myself. And my investor funnel looked somehow like this slide, so I really had no clue what I was doing. We were always like really focused on building the business, and we had really some great traction, significant revenues, and also thousands of customers. But I myself, I had never built a pitch deck before. And I didn't know the common terms for venture capital financing and like not even to, to talk about like strategy around fundraising or any, anything. So I ended up building a shitty deck that wasn't telling a story. And I only talked to two investors in the process. And no wonder that no one of these two investors wanted to invest in the company. And I went home with a broken self-confidence. Luckily, a lot has changed since that moment. So... First of all, we managed to raise successful several rounds for my startup study app later on. And besides that, I also like went on, on my, my own journey. And besides like being a founder, I also changed the sites just quite recently and became an investor myself. And I have invested in over uh, 10 amazing startups all around the world from Germany over to the US and Brazil. And now I'm working as a partner at a venture. But besides that, I was always so fascinated 
about everything that is related to fundraising and how investors and founders work together. So I also decided to share some of this knowledge that I learned and create a company in that space. And that's com th this company is called Base Templates. And what we have done is we have created a ton of content, resources, templates, and guidance for early stage founders, first time founders, but also serial founders. And till now we have helped thousands of founders in the process of raising millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, but enough said about myself. Today it's around like the fundraising master plan. So let's jump right into the lessons that I want to share with you today. So um, these are like the five main areas I think of if I think about like a fundraising. So starting out with the first one, your reason and objective. So we will talk about that in a minute. What is the motivation for your fundraising, but also what is your concrete goal that you want to accomplish? After that, I will take a little bit of a deep dive around um, understanding investors. So it's really important to understand investors, see how they tick and what that means for you. And the third one will be the preparation. So the obvious things like pitch deck, financial model, and all of that. And then we are moving over to the process itself. So how do you as a founder run the process? And finally, it's all about like closing the deal, putting the round together and going back to work. So let's jump right in with the first one. So the first one is the reason and objective. So why are you looking for capital? You should definitely spend some time thinking about it and come up with a good answer because there are definitely some good reasons, but there are also some reasons that might raise a red flag around investors that you should be aware of. So starting out, like these days, I sometimes feel like everyone is raising money just for the sake of raising money. I think for myself, bragging in front of your friends or getting covered in coverage in TechCrunch or other publications is not the right reason to raise money. And money won't help either to find your product market fit for your business. So you have to do that yourself. And last but not least, there are also a lot of businesses that are not made for the venture capital path. I know that because I had such a business myself with my education. On the other hand, there are some good reasons for taking some venture capital. And this is something like scaling more quickly because you have found a real way how it works. You have found product market fit. And this can also be hiring a great team, focusing on product development to really solve these customer problems. And it's also that today, a lot of the bold bets that you see in the venture capital or the startup space in general is you need to take a lot of money to make these bold bets, for example, like a Tesla or something. So really make sure that you know what is your reason to raise funding for your startup. And besides the question why you are raising money, you should also think about the objective of your fundraising. So I think the more detailed you know this, the easier it will be to raise money. So in general speaking, the idea of every fundraise is to bring your business from one stage to the next stage. And to do that, you need to spend money on people, marketing, research, and a ton of other things. So starting out from the result, you should you can move backwards. So see your business in 12 to 18 months and then ask yourself, what do I have to do to uh, really accomplish that? And 
you can then build a hiring plan, see how much you will spend on marketing and all of that and come up with an amount. And this is the amount you want to raise in your funding round. But make sure to include some safety buffer because like I've never seen a company that 100% um, is meeting their plan. So as you have your amount, you can then like go out, raise your round and you should also think about the valuation you are targeting. Because like in general, you are giving up around like 10 to 20% per round. Okay, so first step done. Let's jump over to the understanding the investors. So I think it's really important that we go a little bit back to understand the world of VC. So let's go back to the 15th century. At that time, maritime expeditions could be considered the first primitive form of venture capital. So just as navigators were the most adventurous entrepreneurs of their time, ship owners were the first venture capitalists. So these navigators were sent out to expeditions to find valuable spices or other cargo in general. But such an expedition needed a ship, a crew, and also food. And the ship owners were the ones who provided all of that for a share of the potential profits. And how did that work out? So if a vessel went to the sea, the outcomes were either a total loss because the ship could sink on the way. The second option would be the ship is coming back without any valuable spices or cargo because of pirates, for example. And the third case would be the success case in which there were huge profits that could be shared between A, the navigators, but B, also the owners of the ships. And I think some things have changed since then, but in general, the logic is still the same. So today, most of the venture capital investors work like startups themselves. Other people are giving them their money to the investors to make more money out of it. And they do that by investing in a group of different startups that's called their startup portfolio. And out of these startups, there will be a lot that won't make it because they are running out of money or won't find product market fit. So the investors won't get a return. On the other hand, there will be some sustainable businesses that make some money but are not a huge success, these companies might return something in the range of 1 to 3x of the invested amount. And then there will be the breakthrough companies, the ones that really found something special and can change the world. And these are the ones investors look for. So the unicorns or even decacorns today. And these companies can make 100 or 1,000x on the invested cap capital for the investor. And these are really the companies that are responsible for most of the financial returns of a venture capital fund. So what does that mean for us? If our business cannot have a chance to become at least a billion dollar company, it won't be interesting for most of the venture capital investors because, because it doesn't make any sense for them to invest inside of the business because it can't be a fund returner. So Besides the pure logic of a VC fund, there are also several things investors look for when deciding for or against an investment. Every investor will have a little bit of a different approach or framework, but in general, it's about three things. First one is innovation. So does your idea have the potential to change the world, become huge, or is it just something that is a little bit better than the things on the market right now? Second one is execution. So what have been the steps that you have already taken in your business? How did they play out? And this can, every, can be everything from just like first user interviews over to real revenue or customers. And the more validation points you have, the better. And the third one is credentials. The 
what but what what do i mean with credential this is about the things that you as a founder have done before so have you built a company before that you have sold for example or have you worked as a domain expert in that field do you have any, any other special qualifications investors really really love to look at the team and this is one of the most important factors looking at all these three things together they come up with a conclusion and if you lack one of the areas you have to be even better in the other ones to get funded okay so now as we have understood a little bit more about the venture world we can jump right over to the preparation part it's quite obvious that you need a great pitch deck that is including a compelling story but also information from market size to your team and besides that you should also have like a financial model that shows your assumptions regarding the business on the one hand but also your costs and investment on the other hand but most founders stop at that point and i think there are several other things you can and should do so starting out with a vision every one of you guys knows elon musk he sells the future of electric driving and has always been very very bold about it and investors love it and that's why tesla is one of the companies that has the easiest access to capital. So for you, you have to make sure that you also create a story and a vision about yourself and your company. This could be something um, like how you encounter the problem yourself and are now trying to fix it for the whole world, but also a very visionary North Star that you are telling about. Always remember, be bold about this. Next step is your target list of investors. So during the process, you need to talk to a lot of investors. Make sure to create a list of these early on. So you can fill the list with A, investors you already know. You can um, fill it with investors you have talked to along the way, but you can also research new ones that you want to have on your cap table for future rounds. Um, for example, you can look at AngelList, Crunchbase, or other open databases. And the final step of the preparation is your practice. So most of the founders stop here, but it really makes a huge difference if, we, if you do it. So what do I do? What do I mean with practice? So at first you should change your perspective and think about questions you would ask as an investor. So some time ago, I also built a little tool for this that you can use on the base templates website that consists of over 150 common investor questions. So, and for every question, you should think of a quality answer. And I would even encourage you to create your own little FAQ. And beside that, you can also practice your pitch and improve your pitch deck itself by just like inviting your friends, fellow founders for a session and get their feedback on your pitch and pitch deck. Now that we have been doing all of this preparation stuff, it's time to start the fundraising process. And I think there are three main ingredients for a successful fundraise. First one, Fundraising is a very distracting job and also takes a lot of time. So you should choose one founder who is responsible for it, will care about it 100% of his time. Second one, like this way, the others can continue building the business. And I think this is by far more important part. Second one, short and structured process. You should run a really structured process that is in the best case also really, really short because fundraise, fundraisers can take somewhere between like two uh, weeks to over several months and I think the shorter the better and the third one is like you have to talk to enough investors this is the most important learning for myself it's a numbers game and in the end I want to be the one choosing from different options 
Another integral part of your fundraising process is your investor CRM. So you can use an Excel sheet, CRM, or another tool from this, and you have to think of it as a funnel. So starting out on the left side with every investor in your long list, and for every investor, I encourage you to do research on their past investments, thesis, check size, but also their partners. And during you, the process, you can now use every card as a single source of truth, and you can take uh, notes inside the card, put files that you send to the investor, but also the next steps you agreed on. And during the process, the investor will then move from the left over to the right, depending on the commitment and st steps that they took. And in the end, it's your goal to have, uh, yeah, to have received several term sheets from investors so that you can choose the investor that you really want to have on your cap table. And if you're thinking about like investor outreach, if I were you, I would always try to A, do some proper research on every investor to get a sense of what he or she is interested in and B, try to get a warm connection to them. Because like still a lot of VCs don't like a cold outreach, sending them cold decks. So how can you do that? You could either try to connect through events, uh, through other investors on your cap table or ask other founders the investor already invested in to do an intro. And that will really, really help to you to get a step in the door. And I have also seen some people interact with investors on Twitter or LinkedIn, and they managed to get a connection through that. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully you end up with a list of investors that really, really want to work with you together. And now it's your time to think about investor company fit, because I really believe there are good and bad investors for every company. You have to think about what you and your company needs down the road. And in general, it is a good idea to have smart investors on board that can bring something to the table despite their money. So for example, expertise in building B2B marketplaces. But be aware that there's also the possibility of an investor that is not smart, but very active. And you really don't want to have them on your cap table as they can really distract you from building the business. So to sum it up, if you just remember one thing from today, never choose an investor because of his money. It's like a marriage. Uh, you will be spending seven or even more years together with them. And let's jump over to the final part, closing the round. So during the whole process of meeting with different investors, talking to everyone, you should regularly update everyone. A, about your positive business news, like new customer, new revenue, but also B, about how the fundraising process is going. And you want to create some sense of urgency. And at some point, you have to try to get the first commitments and term sheets. And now is the time to create the real fear of missing out. So I think it's one of the most powerful things to write to an investor. Hey, we got two term sheets. We want to close the round in the next two weeks. If you want to be considered for the round, now would be the time for you to take the next step. After that, it is your time to choose your dream cap table and close the round up. So summing everything up, there are uh, three main things in your fundraising strategy. A, good preparation means good pitch deck, good story, but also be the one founder that can answer every question. Two, one founder runs the whole show and optimizes on speed. And three, talk to uh, enough investors to give you the possibility of choosing the ones you really, really want to work with. And yeah, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about startup fundraising in general, make sure to follow me on Twitter. I post a lot of content about all of this. And you can also send me a DM and I will send you back my fundraising checklist.
Thanks for listening. And I hope that you are ready to raise your round now. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. So now uh, let's move into just a, a bit of a, a Q&A. So um, we have a question from uh, one of our listeners. And it says, we are currently seeking funds through various business conclaves and competitions. Are there any other ways to seek and raise funds? If yes, could you elaborate? Yeah, so first of all, I don't think competitions are a great way to raise I would like prefer to do your own funding or a fundraising strategy. So if I were you, I would create a list of investors that you really want to work with. And you can look for investors that are investing in the same sector as, as you are in and also investors that are in your geography. And then you have to find a strategy to reach out to them and really get in front of them, tell them about your vision, your dreams. And I think it's way easier to do this in a one-on-one -on -one situation compared to like fundraising competitions. Amazing. So one of your uh, mantras is never stop learning. So uh, resources for young, ambitious entrepreneurs. Are you more of a book guy, podcast guy, YouTube video series, uh, startup school from YC? What are your recommendations for resources to, to never stop learning? Yeah, so I really love to build my own curriculum. So as you can see in the back, like there are a lot of, a lot of books. So really, really love to, to read everything around that. But I also think there's so much great content online. So many people writing about the topics you care about. And I think this is the most important thing. Like find topics you really care about and then like take a deep dive, read everything around this. And this will like really helps me to learn more and like be the one uh, person that never stops learning. Fantastic. And lastly, say if somebody sort of looked at your website and he said, oh, okay, Max, uh, D2C, heavily community-oriented brands. I actually have one of those. So you mentioned ways to to go to a conference and meet someone but your personal way what is your personal way to to uh, pitch you is it an email is it connecting through a common connection on on linkedin what would be the way to pitch you max yeah so as i want to like be a new form of venture capital i'm totally fine if you are just sending me an email or i also post it in my twitter in, in the chat and I'm totally fine to A, look at your decks, but also give you feedback on that because I know how hard it is like to get these connections if you're first starting out. I also didn't have any connections to the venture capital scene. And this is like why I'm always like helping other people, trying to empower other people. And like my purpose is to enable growth for the people that I work with, but also new people I meet down the road. Fantastic. Well, with that, I will leave it so some super ambitious entrepreneur can pick up the conversation with you from there. Once again, Max, thank you. You've been an absolute wealth of insight. Uh, truly, truly awesome stuff.